This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. So I'm uh, beginning to wonder if everybody else had as rotten a weekend as I did, you know, because I'm, I'm doubting it, right? Not everybody is going through the same thing at the same time. Thank goodness, right? But I had a perfectly awful weekend. And I'll tell you what's even worse. Every time I opened up the news, I, you know, I, I would feel heart palpitations. And at one point I thought my heart was going to stop. <laughs> you know, I said, how much more of this can we take, meaning you and me, the citizens of the so-called United States of America, which is about as united as, uh, as uh, I'm trying to think, as Canada is right now, or as united as Brussels is right now. We're in a terrible, terrible divided state of the union. And, you know, every time I try to talk about it, I feel as though you know, the audience is saying, but Joyce, we want you to, you know, to formulate the plan, give us our marching orders, and we'll go out there and we'll fix this. And the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that the forces against us are so great that it would take a, a, a divine intervention. That's, that's really what I'm kind of hoping for and what I was left with uh, by the end of this weekend. Now, that being said, it gave me an opportunity to really think about Father's Day, which was yesterday, and what it means, and also to think about Juneteenth, which is today, and what it means, and how even on something as universal, whether or not they celebrate it with a Hallmark card, as, as honoring fathers, a day to honor fathers, or a day to honor the last notification to Americans who happened to be black, that they were no longer slaves in Texas. I mean, those are pretty monumental subjects, right? And even there, we are so dis divided on these issues that it makes my head hurt, right? So I decided I'm really going to, uh, I'm going to think about these things and, you know, come to the conclusion that there is a, dis a de determined effort by a lot of very powerful people to destroy this country. They ain't playing either, you know, and they understand that the way that you destroy a country is first and foremost to eliminate any sort of pride in that country, any reflection on the history of that country. You gotta eliminate the history you got to tear down the statues. you got to change what's being taught in the schools. You cannot allow people to look at things in the context of the time in which they took place. No, no, no. What people did in 1822 should line up with what people believe in 2023. And that's just so insane to me. 
that I've, uh, I've decided I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not playing that game anymore. You know, we have a nation that in, in record time, okay, truly in record time, under 300 years, came together from disparate places, all hoping for the same thing. And all of the things we were hoping for were outlined by the founding fathers, whether you like them or not, or whether you think that they were living, you know, uh, 2023 standard moral lives or not. They crafted this incredible document called the Constitution. They enumerated the responsibility of the people and they separated the responsibility of the government from that of the people. You see, this is a bottom-up country. Really, when you think about it, the only one of its kind. And the premise was that if you gave people liberty, if you gave people freedom, they would continue to climb that wall of freedom until everybody in the country experienced that freedom. Because there was a time in this country when not everybody was free. But what ended up happening was now we just accuse the country and its founders and, and the people in government right now of not being fair because the process has taken too long. And, and what that process is is beyond my comprehension because we went from, we believed that marriage was between a man and a woman and then we said, well, wait a minute, you know, there are really these, all these people in this country, I don't know what the numbers are, but there seemed to be a significant number of people who wanted to marry people of the same gender. And we, we debated it and we thought about it and we presented, uh, you know, um, constitutional uh, uh, remedies for it. We let the Supreme Court weigh in on it. We did all the things that we know to do. And in the end, there was a, 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 a ruling that you could have, you know, you could marry someone of the same gender. Okay? So it was a process, and the process took place. The problem for us as a society is that every time these processes take place, somebody's rights are being undermined. Somebody's beliefs are being challenged. And that's okay. I don't mind my beliefs being challenged. I don't mind debating things like, you know, should, uh, you know, should a woman have the right to terminate a pregnancy at five months, three months, two months? What? We'll debate those things. You know, that's what civil societies do. But every time, you know, decisions are evolving, in other words, we, we have decided without any question that I don't think there's a person left in this country who thinks there should be any punishment meted out to people who are living what I call lifestyles that they are fully adult and capable of deciding on. You know, my freedom is not impacted by whether, you know, two men get married or not. It's not. Maybe my religious views are challenged, but that's okay. You know, my freedom's not impacted at all, and their freedom, they're liberated. And that's the whole goal, right? We want to liberate as many people as possible, give them the freedoms to do. Now, we, we draw the line, right? See, we don't believe, you know, the things that NAMBLA believes. We don't think that, the, that, that there should be, uh, you know, sexual relationships between adults and children. We don't believe that. And there are debates going on about that. You know, I, I'm willing 
you know, I'll debate that with you. We don't let children, you know, pierce their ears or get a tattoo. Now they can, but we, we say as a society, they should only do that with parental permission. That a parent has a lot of control over what their young people under the age of 18, that's what a minor is, what they can do to their body, what they can ingest, where they can go. Parents are given control over that, which strengthens the nuclear family. But we've done so much to, to literally tear apart the nuclear family that now parents are being told, not only do you not have a right to determine what kind of surgical procedure or medication is giving, given to your under 18-year-old child, but if you don't go along with, you know, whatever the prevailing social evolve evolution is taking place, that we, we, your children belong to us, and we'll take your children away from you. It is now in California a bill to say that if you do not agree with gender-affirming care, the state can come in and remove your custodian property. You, know, you will no longer have custodianship of your own child. Joe Biden said it this week. He said, they're not your, they're our children. And as I said in my thought of the day, well, if they're your children, what's their name? What's their favorite color? These are not your children. These are our children. You don't get to determine much. You're supposed to safeguard our children. That's all government's supposed to do. It's not supposed to determine how children are raised with the exception of cruelty. If a child is, is starved and beaten, the state comes in and removes that child, and there's not a single member of society who would argue with that. We may argue about where you take the child, right? Some people don't like foster care. If orphanages were like a dead word uh, during the Gingrich years. You know, so we could debate what happens to children. But first and foremost, we have to be clear that parents have rights. And when you begin to undermine the rights of parents, you are destroying nuclear families. And we, we only have to look around to see the destruction of nuclear families. I'm not telling you something that I made up. You know, we did this, the great society. We told men, look, if, you, you know, if you're not in the house, we'll make sure the children are taken care of. We will pay for the children if you renege on your responsibility after you procreate. And what did that result in? Did it make... Uh, families, you know, more together? Or did it pull them apart so that fathers left the home? We did that. You know, so when I sit here and say I'm concerned, I also have to accept the responsibility. And if we messed it up, we need to fix it. We don't need to mess it, mess it up further. We don't need to continue down a road which leads to destruction. How, how can anybody take seriously a man who can't find his way from the podium back to his house when he tells you that they're our kids, that he wants control of our children? It's this crazy world. You know, and, and then I was thinking about Juneteenth. You know, I... 
I have absolutely no, uh, com- no, I, I think it's a valuable celebration. I think it's important to know our history. But everybody keeps picking and choosing which history we're going to know. Okay? And, you know, Juneteenth is now being celebrated as a federal holiday today. And there are people talking about, well, let's eliminate July 4th. What? You know, what? Does, does, do we really not know the value of what happened on July 4th of 1776? Is that not being taught anywhere? That even members of Congress would debate this? It's pretty scary. So what was the Juneteenth celebration like in Chicago? Because that's a city that holds a celebration over the weekend. 21 people got gunned down. I think there were one or two fatalities. You know, it's now one of the most dangerous cities on earth. And that was the, the, the Juneteenth celebration? This is crazy land. You know, I was looking at an article about Haiti. The capital of Haiti is under siege. It is now, Port-au-Prince is now the most dangerous city on earth. Vigilantes are so tired of what's been going on with all these criminal gangs that they are going street by street with machetes. Now, I'm not saying Americans are, you know, going to go vigilante, but look at what happened in this subway incident. Look what happened then the next week when a young man, a Marine, you know, gets, gets grand jury, decides, uh, you know, that, that his restraining, which resulted in the death of somebody who was terrorizing the subways, not just that day, but period, has been terrorizing the subways, he is now charged. And we're left going, what? wait a minute. So we're just supposed to be abused on public transportation? And not expect anyone to come to our rescue? How could that be a civil society? You know, it will not last. We are seeing the destruction of everything good. And you end up with a country collapsing in itself. You know, I, I get all the same emails you do about, well, you know, uh, d- democracies only last so long and then, you know, they're gone. Or countries only last so long, nations only last so long. Well, guess what? This nation was not built on the same premise as those nations that collapsed. We're not imperialists. We're not running around the world trying to take over different countries. All we were supposed to do was make these 50 states united, actually 13, then it grew. Little by slowly, we are now at 50. Each with its own unique government, its own unique population. What a brilliant, brilliant experiment this was and how sad that we gave up. We just said, yeah, you know, um, I, I don't want to get involved. Just let's just all, uh, you know, accept whatever happens. Doesn't matter. Leadership could be corrupt. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to us. Well, I'm not one of those. You know that. And while I may not be able to sit here and tell you my plan, there's plans being formulated all over the country by people who 
want this country back, by people who have determined that the dangers are all within. Now, I don't think China means us any good. I don't think Iran means us any good. I don't think Russia means us any good. But you know what? They're just watching us destroy ourselves. And if I were them, I'd be sitting back with a bowl of popcorn and a Miller Lite. Now, I, you know, was tempted to say Bud Light because that would fit in. But uh, I don't want to be perceived of as uh, jumping on the bandwagon. So let me take a break, and, I, and don't forget, if you download that app, you can listen to podcasts, you can get live streaming of the show. See, sometimes when I'm out and about, you know, I, I, I want to hear what's, what's on the air. I want to hear Dan Bongino. I want to hear Ben Shapiro. I want to hear the WPTV News. I want to hear these things. Uh, Joe Pags. And so I pop in my earbuds, and I go to the 850 app on my phone, and I get to hear everything. So... It's such a convenience. It really is. And by the way, that way it doesn't matter when I'm listening. I can listen to a podcast um, at any time. If I missed the morning show or I only got to hear the first half hour and I wanted to hear where they went in the second hour, I can download it and listen. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, you can do the same thing. Go ahead and download the app, 850WFTL, or go to the website, 850WFTL.com. I will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, 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 okay. Don't fly on Ryanair, okay, to Israel, because the stewardess told the passengers on a flight that they were landing in occupied Palestine. <laughs> you know, those are things that the media doesn't want to talk about, right? The media hasn't told you in weeks how desperate the situation in the Ukraine is. The only thing the media will tell you is how much more weaponry we're sending and how we stand with Zelensky, okay? But they will not tell you the sheer havoc that Putin and his troops have wreaked on a people who for all intents and purposes were just going about their daily lives a year and a few months ago. But you see, that's not a story that the media wants to tell. Instead, and they don't want to tell you that, you know, that Israel's being undermined at every turn by everyone. No, no, no. Instead, they want to tell you that if your child is uh, confused for whatever reason about their gender, that you have absolutely no right to help your child come to a conclusion about how you're going to handle it. You just have to step back and let all of these forces dictate how you're going to raise your children and what you're going to allow and tolerate. And that's where it gets really, really, really messy for me. 
when I hear about, you know, celebrities weighing in on this and saying, well, you know, we're not going to tell you the gender of the child I just had because that child will get to determine its gender. I just hang my head. You cannot survive. If you can't define the difference between a male and a female, how do you survive? Yesterday was Father's Day, and you know the, 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 the sermon was about how you know fathers are supposed to be made for the storm, okay? When the storms come into a family, it's a father who's supposed to stand up and fight the fight, whatever the fight is, financial, uh, emotional, you know, marital, child rearing, all this stuff, the design for healthy families has a male at the head. Now, trust me, my family had a, had a father who was ostensibly in control of everything. It certainly looked that way to me. If it wasn't true and my mother, you know, had more control than I was aware of, there was no way neither one of them was letting on to that, okay? You know, I suspect that there were some decisions that my father made that were based on what my mother told him. Fine, but he announced them. Then I got married and that was the model that I had. It was definitely also the model that my uh, first husband had. He grew up in a two-parent family. And while his mother, his mother was extremely distinguished in her career, so was his father. And his father was the one who made the decisions. Now, the mother had a strong influence on him. We could all see that. But he, his father knew how to be a father. Okay, And then we get married, and the whole world is coming apart at the seams. You know, I'm part of that 60s, 70s generation that said, hey, we're not going to play by any rules. We're just going to forget there are rules and we'll do this the way we want to do it. Whatever feels good, that's what we're doing. And therefore, I watched as that male role was assumed more and more by women. And while it may not be strictly true in my own case, I believed from the time I was 17 years old, that I could have a family and I could independently raise it if that happened. Because I saw it all around me. Single mothers raising families. It didn't look odd at all. Now, if you'd have shown that image to my mother or her mother, it was very unusual. Okay? It, no matter how bad marriages got, they stayed together. And now, by the time I hit my first marriage, I knew from the beginning, like, if this don't work, you know, I'll be all right. I have, a, uh, I have an education, I have a career, um, and I'm competent, and it's an equal opportunity, and all the rest of this garbage, which, by the way, doesn't really help anybody, doesn't help families, doesn't help children. You know, I've asked my adult children, like, what was the impact on you when your father and I got divorced? And both of them will tell you it was devastating. You know, at the time, they did not say this is devastating. Look, there were tears. There were all kinds of uh, emotional outbursts. But they never said, this challenges everything I think about the world. But it did. And now we keep moving the goalpost. Now, yeah, you know, it's nice to have a father around, but if you don't have one, don't worry. You know, because they're our children. The government will take care of them. 
And the government will dictate what they think, what they believe, what they learn in school, where they can go, when they can go, all that stuff, instead of the parents. And I think for half the parents out there, they don't care. That's okay. You know, they bought it. They bought into this. Because now they believe that a really good government, you, you just listen to AOC, okay? And, and you understand that that generation, who are now the beginning, you know, beginning to lead this country, they believe that the government should tell you how to raise your children and if you don't have enough money, the government should give it to you. Now, the government just, you know, doesn't get to just print money. Oh, well, wait a second. This government does just print money. Well, that's really not the plan, right? They have to take the money from somebody to give it to other people, right? You know, capitalism allows you to earn money, and socialism says, I can take that money that you earned and I can distribute it wherever I think it's best used or, or most needed. And that's the direction that AOC and the squad and, and every academic teaching your young people in college, that's what they believe. And they have convinced entire generations that that's the direction we need to go in. Not, to, not just the direction we are going into, but we need to go in that direction. And guess what? You and I sat here like a bunch of dummies watching it happen. And now we're all going like, wait a minute. What happened? What happened is you took your eye off the, off the ball. And whenever there's a vacuum, something else will fill it. And the vacuum of loving this country, which I grew up in, in, a, in a, a, a country that was patriotic, a country that had parades, a country that, you know, my father took me to museums and let me look at statues and then he would tell me stories about Teddy Roosevelt. All those things were part of the, the whole process of being an American. And then we just started dimin diminishing them and eliminating them to the point of in the last 10 years, we just tear down statues. We just rewrite history. Or else we say, forget any history prior to 1961. Like, how, how is that okay? How is that acceptable? It's not. So stop uh, trying to point fingers and start accepting the fact that we broke it. We better fix it. We have to elect leaders that have guts and that will challenge these ridiculous ideas. And that's what they are. These are ideas that, that destroy, look, you, if you haven't read Mein Kampf, if you haven't read uh, you know, the, the Chairman Mao, if you haven't read Karl Marx, then you don't understand that when the state controls the individual, all freedoms will disappear. Not just the, the ones that you think are precious, but the ones that I think are precious and the ones that my neighbor thinks are precious. It's an indiscriminate uh, blanching of everything meaningful. And we just sit here, you know, we just sit here and complain. You know, I'm not complaining anymore. You know, I stand by the people that I think can lead us out of this mess. Yeah, I read all the same things that you do. Oh, this is hopeless, and oh, this is the, the and we should be, um, uh, I don't even know what they're asking me anymore. Every day I'm being asked something different. Could you give up this right? Would, does it bother you if we take this away? And, and, and I watch, I watch around me. People just 
they don't even they don't even struggle. They don't even fight. During COVID, nobody even fought back. Okay, and now we're sitting here and we're going, oh, yeah, it was a Chinese virus from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But if I said that on the air, it was like the end of the world. And I was, you know, chastised and, and Jay Bhattacharya, the doctor from Stanford, they were all uh, diminished and demeaned. And, and we just stood here. You know, they said, uh, stay apart. I, I remember, you know, I was trying to think back because it's so clear to me now how this was just a trial run, man. They got us all to stay in our houses. If you couldn't work from home, you were in big trouble, right? So we all learned how to work from home. I'm still working from home. Half of America, maybe not half, but fully a third of America are still working from home. They forced us into our houses. Now for some of us, it was great. But for others, not so great. You know, if you're a mother with three kids, going to work in your bedroom is not going to be easy. And they did it. They had to do it. And then they told me if I came out, I had to wear a mask and stay three or six feet away from everybody. In my community, we have this two and a half mile loop that people were walking. I never saw so many people walk in my life as during COVID, but they were just, they were just stir crazy. And we would walk and people would get off the sidewalk and go into the street to make sure that they were sufficiently far away from you. Like the COVID virus was sitting on my shoulder and about to jump on them. They made us believe that. They told us we couldn't celebrate Christmas together. They told us if your uh, loved one was dying in a hospital, you could not go and hold their hand. They told us if somebody died, you couldn't have a funeral. And we said, okay, okay. And they said, now we know we got them. That's what I believe. And I'm fighting out. You know, I'm done. I'm done taking orders from a government that gets bribed by foreign countries. Can't talk about that. A government that knew all along that, that they were doing you know, gain-of-function research with our money and that it resulted in a virus that shut down the whole world. They knew that. They knew that. But they didn't tell us. And whenever we asked, they told us to shut up and get in the house, and we did. Okay? Well, I'm not shutting up anymore. I'm not staying in the house. I'm not hiding who I support. I'm not doing any of that stuff. They can kiss my tuchus. I'll be right back. So I was looking at some numbers, and obviously, you know, most of you understand that uh, I am married to a pastor with a small congregation in Fort Lauderdale, and we talked to a lot of pastors around the Fort Lauderdale, Broward County area, and most of them have resurrected as much of their congregations as they were able to following the closings of churches, Okay which is another thing that we just said, okay. You know, where, where's the one place that people should go when they're frightened, when things around them are falling apart, when death is happening? I, for me, I always ran to my faith. You know, um, I'm looking at these statistics, this nonprofit organization, Communio, a decline of marriage is driving the decline in faith. 
Births outside of marriage first began rising in the 1960s, climbing from 5% of all births in 1960 to 10% of all births in 1970, to 20% in 1980, to 30% by 1990. I mean, think about that. Who, who do you think encourages young adults to get married? It's the faith community, right? It's not the world. It's not the internet. It's not the academics in their colleges. No, that comes from a family. Like if you have a family unit and you are raising children in that family unit, you tell them that this is how you can, you know, have a life worth living. You know, as a, as a woman who was a single mother, I can tell you right now, it is the most incredibly difficult thing to ask somebody to do, to raise children by themselves. Single dads, same thing. The reason that marriage exists, and I don't care if you have a faith that believes this or if you're just a logical person, the reason that marriage exists is to create a safe environment for raising children. You know, I have friends who got married and didn't have children. That's fine. That was their choice. They didn't want children. They wanted to be able to travel. Great, that was their choice. But they still felt the need to have a home and that bond that marriage brings. If you're not married and you get mad, you can just walk away, right? But if you are married and you get mad, the the prevailing thought is you'll try to fix it, right? And if there's children involved, you'll try even harder to fix it. I know I did, you know, and uh, my first husband has passed on and, uh, and, you know, I have nothing disparaging to say about him, but ours couldn't be fixed, not because we didn't try. And that happens. And then the society gathers around the single mom, or in my case, my family gathered around me, including my ex-husband's family. They came around and they helped to raise the children. My papa, that was my stepfather, he was there. Whenever he wasn't on a ship, he was a merchant marine. He came, he spent time with my kids. My father would come all the way down from Virginia. Well, first he was living in Yonkers, then he moved to Virginia. Wherever he was, he would come spend an entire month with my kids because we needed to have men in the family. I had a son. I made him sign up for every, you know, baseball, soccer, this, that, and that, so he could be around men. And, and that was a decision. You know, it wasn't, it would make me even harder when you're a single parent, have to drag them to all those games. But, you know, I knew that, that, that that's important. A, a, a boy needs to see men, good men, to grow up to be a good man. And that's why I looked at, fa- at this Father's Day and I looked around and I thought of the, 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 the plague of fatherlessness in my country. Don't you think that has something to do with 21 shootings in, in Chicago this weekend and, and all of this ridiculous crime that we read about? Yeah, you know it does. I know it does. And we just keep pretending like, well, you know, it's okay. Everybody do what you want. Just, you know, be nice. 
can't be nice. You need boundaries. You need men at the helm of families. I know this is going to tick off all my feminist friends, but that's, that's the way I believe this works. When you have communities that are based on family structure, in other words, you know, my kids play with your kids. If my kids get out of line, you tell my kids and then you come tell me and we as a community work it out. No, stop bullying this one and you can't hit that one. You know, this is how relationships are formed and that and, and good interaction between people is learned. You can't just unleash your kids and say, go ahead, you know, hope you find your way. Not in this world. I had to tell a mother, a friend of mine, this weekend, take that phone and that laptop away from him. He is not an adult. If he wants to do adult things, you are not to assist him. Because we just, we act as if we have to do these things. Well, you have to let your kid have an iPad when they're nine. No, you don't. You don't. And if you find that kid doing something inappropriate on the iPad, you know, this kid was ordering stuff. You know, I, I said, how does he have money to order things? Well, he has a cash app. What? You know, what? <laughs> and, that's, and that's where we are, right? And then we sit here and we go, well, what happened? Why did this happen? And why we got messed up leaders? Well, because, you know, we're not paying any attention. Better start paying attention because... What we have passed on to these next generations is going to end the freedoms that we enjoyed. You know, everything is woke, boycotts, this and that, and, and they all want to jump in. And then they find out it was a bunch of crap. Look at this, you know, BLM movement. When I was saying, you know, five years ago, we better look carefully at this. Where's the money going? You know, I, I don't understand why an incident in Ferguson it re requires people to, uh, you know, buy a T-shirt and wear it in Florida. Like, what's, you know, what are we doing here? Are we raising money to help communities that are poor? Or are we raising money so that these communists in charge of these organizations can buy houses in California? And then guess what? They were buying houses in California. And the communities that were besieged by crime couldn't get a nickel from BLM. And now it's like nobody's donating to BLM. Well, guess what? How many millions of dollars got poured into that because they made you feel bad that you didn't like the term? You know, dare, how dare you say all lives matter? How dare you say that, right? How dare you not? How dare you not let me? How dare you shut down my Facebook account if I said that? You see, that's why. It was all like a giant experiment to see just how much we would cave. And if you're still in cave mode, if you still think that you got to do whatever they tell you to do, you are the problem. But I am the solution. Uh, don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, another solution, Dan Bongino, 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro, uh, 5 o'clock, Matt Walsh, 6 o'clock, the WPTV News Hour, Joe Pags, Lars Larson, Red Eye Radio, and then, of course, They'll be back in the morning, Jen and Bill, with the South Florida Morning Show. You stay right where you are. I have one segment left, and obviously, I have a lot to say. So, if you want to know just how crazy it all has gotten, you know, I was just having this conversation with my producer. 
just how far are you willing to let them go in this insanity? Because today, the American Medical Association, now this is some, you know, this is an organization that people like you and me have been believing and trusting in for most of our lives, right? Well, today they announced that body mass index is racist. Okay, now I'm, I'm just gonna tell you what I know. It's not the greatest measure, body mass index, BMI. It's not, it shouldn't be the only metric that you use to decide if you're uh, overweight or obese. But all my life, I have understood that if you, if you divided my weight by the square of my height, it will tell you what that ratio is. And healthy BMI is between 18.5 and 24.9. Now, as you age, it gets a little bit more expanded, like, you know, maybe it'll be 26 for uh, adults and instead of 25. But, but the bottom line is that it was, has always been a way that I measured what my health was going to be like. You know, that doesn't mean that I look like anybody else. You know, I, I don't think that people are all shaped the same or anything else. But when you start saying that it's racist to measure the amount of of, of fat to muscle, I think that's in and of itself r ridiculous and racist. Because what you're saying is that people can't control it. You know, my producer is a thin, tall, beautiful girl. Now, she ha doesn't seem to have any problem keeping herself in good shape. She's not even an exerciser. She, you know, walks. But she is very conscious about what she eats. It doesn't just happen this way. Matter of fact, she don't eat enough, but that's a whole nother story. And then I, I battle it all the time. It's a constant battle. You know, I cannot eat after seven o'clock. I know that. It's the in, impulses are there, but I control that. Because if I do that, uh, you know, um, I'll get fat. That's the bottom line, right? And I won't be healthy. My knee hurts, my ankle hurts, everything starts to fall apart. If I'm within 10 pounds of my uh, ideal weight, where my BMI is about 20, if I go up 10 pounds, I'm toast. I can't walk, I can't run, I can't swim, I can't do anything without discomfort. That's my body telling me, what's your BMI, Joyce? What are you doing? And now I can't use that anymore because somehow I'm discriminating by using that. You just, you gotta tell them no more. This whole I'm offended is garbage, needs to stop. I hate this, I really do. We're growing a society of whiners and crybabies and, and grow up, everybody. Just brush these things off, move on. Because everything is racist now. It, it takes the, the, the real meaning out of the word. And you know I'm against racism, okay? But I'm not against measuring your BMI, sorry. You know, stop, stop expanding your definition to the point of ridiculous so that it no longer means anything, you know, good God. Anyway, just as you can see, wasn't the best weekend for me. A lot of thinking, a lot of accepting of the fact that if we don't do something, if we don't fix what we broke, it's gonna stay broken, it's gonna get worse, you know. And it's not a job for one person. This is a job for the United States of America. So first thing we need to do is get united. 
So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon. If it be his will and he delays his coming, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. My plan is to see you back here tomorrow. I promise I'll calm down. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.